welcome to the podcast. What do you think, God? Will you encourage to build intimacy with God by asking him questions? Hi, my name is Patty, and I'll be challenging the way you think. In this episode, we'll explore some reasons why Christians resist speaking in tongues and ask the question, are tongues beneficial? Then I'll share my personal testimony in hopes it will help if and when you seek to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why are we so against tongues anyway? Is it because we see the gift being abused or when really flaky manifestations are touted as being expressions of the Holy Spirit, those things do not sit well with our image of God? If we're uncomfortable, we're free to remove ourselves from exposure to flakiness. We don't have to judge everything we don't like as evil, but we don't have to participate in the practices either. Abuse is present everywhere. For example, every day people abuse their driving privileges. Does our government outlaw driving because most abuse it daily by breaking the traffic laws? No. The government punishes the offenders they catch. Do we outlaw tongues because some abuse its manifestation? No. We only outlaw tongues if we really believe they are evil. But if they are good, just abused, we punish the offenders by removing ourselves out of their sphere of influence. We don't get rid of the tongues. If you're someone who honestly believes that tongues are evil, ask yourself, where did my belief come from? The first exposure believers had to tongues is recorded in the Bible. It is shown to be expected and welcomed. Who is trying to convince you otherwise? Are there arguments based on scripture, or are they judging the gift of God through their own and another's experience? Keep in mind that Jesus rebuked the Pharisees because they were saying that he cast out demons by the prince of the demons. They equated the work of the Spirit with that of the devil, and Jesus warned them not to blaspheme. Please be very slow to condemn what you don't understand. 1 Corinthians 14.39 says, Forbid not to speak with tongues. Some people are unaware that tongues function in two different ways. The gift of tongues is given by the Holy Spirit to build up the church. This gift is not given to all members of the body, for 1 Corinthians 12.28-29 says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? It's also regulated to make sure that all members benefit from it. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three and that by course, and let one interpret. 
But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 28. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 and 14 seem to say that it's an unknown language. I don't think we should limit God, restricting him to known or unknown languages. It is the Spirit that gives the utterance, and he will know just what expression of language is most beneficial at the moment. That there are known and unknown tongues is confirmed when Paul opens 1 Corinthians 13 with the words, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Tongues, as a prayer language, is a gift available to every believer that manifests when one is baptized in the Holy Spirit. Some people think that speaking in tongues causes the believer to feel superior because 1 Corinthians 14.4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. They think of this practice as selfish, But look at the definition of edify, to instruct or improve, especially in moral or religious knowledge. Wouldn't every Christian want to improve in these ways? Jude 1, 20-21 instructs us, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Are you afraid you'll become flaky if you speak in tongues? The manifestation of the Spirit should align with the fruit of the Spirit. For this fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Ephesians 5.9 But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Galatians 5, 22-23 Our God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 These are good things. Have you ever wanted to pray for someone and didn't know what to say? Your personal prayer language allows the Holy Spirit to pray for you according to the will of God. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Romans 8, 26-27 Do you want to be limited by your own thoughts? Do you really believe that your intellect can interpret the word of God for you? We need the Spirit, for 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. 
It's good to rely on someone who is omniscient. I have so many questions and want to know the deep things of God. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 11 says, But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Because of this verse, I bypass my intellect and my human solutions and go directly to the one who knows the best answer for what troubles me. I say, Holy Spirit, you know exactly what I need, so I'm asking you to open my eyes to your answer. After I pray this in English, I pray in the Spirit, not really knowing what I'm saying. And then I leave my problem in God's hands and refuse to think about it anymore. I am filled with peace, knowing that my prayer will be answered. An example of this happened recently. I was editing a podcast when I came across a thud in the recording. For three hours, I did everything I knew to eliminate the thud, and nothing was working. It was time for bed, and I prayed for the Holy Spirit's answer to my dilemma. Within ten minutes, I knew exactly what was wrong. The problem was on another track. Sure enough, in the morning, I looked for it and found it on another track exactly where I was hearing the thud. Our God loves us dearly and wants to help us in every way possible. We can be overloaded with troubles, but praying in the Spirit can get them all out of our system. Our conversation is very private with God alone. 1 Corinthians 14.2 We bless and thank God. Verse 16 We are informed of the future. John 16.13 The Holy Spirit empowers us so that we can abound in hope, Romans 15, 13. We can speak the word of God with boldness, Acts 4, 31. And through the power of the Spirit, we can put to death the deeds of our sinful natures, Romans 8, 13. 1 Corinthians 4, 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And the power of the kingdom for all believers arrived on earth at Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell upon them. The baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues supercharges what we already have. In my opinion, the value of tongues is that it allows us to rely completely on God without the interference of our intellect. This doesn't mean that our intellect isn't important. Praying in the Spirit reveals mysteries to us that we haven't been previously aware of, but then the Spirit informs our intellect of those mysteries so that we can relay spirit wisdom to those around us. Some are concerned that speaking in tongues is an ecstatic experience, detached from all reason, logic, and intellect. In my experience, tongues have never been ecstatic. I am grounded in the Word, believing that my God created reason, logic, and intellect, and will express himself that way, even if he tells me to build a boat in the desert or have a child at a hundred years old. The things I say and do may seem off-base, but I know God knows exactly what he's doing, and it makes sense. 
Eventually, the spirit will show me its logic. In fact, I really don't like ecstatic demonstrations that people call the spirit and tend to shy away from them. Don't worry that the spirit will possess you and make you do what you don't want to do. The spirit within you is the spirit of self-control and a sound mind. Before we end this podcast, let me share with you my experience concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't baptized the first time I asked, so I read a book about the experience. The author told me that I had to start speaking nonsense in order to surrender my tongue to God. I doubted that I could ever be baptized because I was too controlling. So I prayed, Lord, you know I'm very controlling and need your help if I'm ever going to receive from you. I'm going to begin saying ra-ba-ba that I heard someone speak and I think is fake. And I'm asking you, Lord, to change what I'm saying into my own language. When I started to speak before I could finish saying ra-ba-ba, I started speaking a whole language. I spent the rest of the day speaking in tongues, and it seemed as if it changed seven times during the course of the day. The only explanation I have for what happened is that I must have had a boatload of garbage stored up inside me that the Spirit wanted out. Now I rarely speak more than one language. The reason I've shared my experience with you is to encourage you that the Lord wants to fill you with His Spirit, even if you think you're hopeless and controlling like me. Luke 11:13 assures us, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? All I know is that I have a deeper understanding of Scripture and a more profound love for God, and I attribute that to the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I hope I have dealt with anything in the last two episodes that has troubled you about the experience and that I have convinced you to go to God and ask Him about it. Next week, we'll ask the question, What does true love look like? Until then... Thanks for listening, and if you're being helped at all, please consider writing a review and spreading the news. Thank you. I want to credit and thank Audio Resute for the music clips taken from the song Nova on the album Born for Freedom. If you'd like to hear more of Audio Resute's creative works, go to freemusicarchive.org slash music slash audio slash D-I-S-D-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. You spell Audio Resute A-U-D-I-O-R-E-Z-O-U-T. Thanks for listening.